0: Gracious heavenly father, we don't know what this day holds, but we do know that you hold the day. It was you who laid the foundation of the earth and understands every part of it. You keep the sun in the sky and the stars in place and each one of us in your heart. Now we ask you to help us uphold your words and your will in our minds and our life today so that others can see Christ in us. In His holy name we pray. Amen. Today's text is 2 Corinthians 12, 11-21. 2 Corinthians 12, 11-21. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commanded by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I'm nothing. I preserved in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to the other churches, except that I was never burdened to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now I'm ready to visit you for the third time, and I'll not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have saved up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expand myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? But be uh, be that as may, I have not been a burden to you. Yet, crafty fellow that I am, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men that I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you. Did he? Did we not walk in the same steps by the same Spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. Everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear there may be a discord, jealousy, fists of a rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, gossip, and arrogance and disorder, I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier, have now repented of an impurity, sexual sin, debauchery in which they have indulged. Today, Paul was talking once again about his upcoming third visit to Corinthians. Paul's first visit, was when he founded the church in Acts 18. The second visit was so-called a painful visit that Paul mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said, I made up my mind that I would not make another painful visit to you. The second visit was a painful visit. The third visit was the next and the final visit Paul was preparing when he wrote this letter. Here Paul was pleading for the last time, that Corinthians recognize Paul's heart for them and return to common sense of the gospel and grace, instead of falling into the flamboyant, self-promotional teachings of the new apostles who arrived after Paul and created a havoc in the church with a claim of a very competitive and arrogant leadership. Once again, the key issue here is Paul's apostleship and the Corinthians' accountability to him. In verse 1, Paul appealed to them to recognize his apostleship. I ought to have been commanded by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. Paul was saying here that I should have, been, I should have a recommendation from you, at least, even if these so called super apostles. By the way, this is what they call themselves, and Paul used a quotation mark, super apostles. And uh, 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 this super apostle called me that I'm nothing or nobody, but you know me better. You saw the marks of a true apostleship while I was pastoring you. And verse 12, I preserved and demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostles, including signs and wonders and miracles. Paul was saying that my apostolic teaching was confirmed by God with the works of signs and wonders and miracles. This appeal of Paul reminds me of Paul's earlier appeal in 1 Corinthians 4:15. Even if you have ten thousand guardians or teachers, ten thousand teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Paul's appeal to his his apostleship in Corinthian church was based on the gospel preaching and spiritual birth of Corinthians and the founding of the church. And Paul's comparison of a father to a teacher here is clear. No teacher, even the best teacher, can care for students more than the father of the students does. Now in verse 13, Paul was becoming emotional again. Here, Paul was being a little sarcastic. How were we, how were you inferior to the other churches except that I was never burdened to you? Forgive me this wrong. If you remember, super apostles told the Corinthians that Paul did not ask a pastoral salary from them because he was not a real apostle like them, or he was nobody or nothing. And then also these people told them that uh, Paul didn't receive money from you because he didn't care about you as much as uh, he cared for other people, other church. So now, Paul is uh, calling this fact and uh, sarcastically apologizing to Corinthians. Forgive me this wrong that I was never financial burden to you. Okay, let me stop for a second and take a breath. What we are reading today is a very unsexy, somewhat tedious argument of a dysfunctional church and it's a struggling pastor. To be honest, I had to read this passage three times to dig in God's lessons. I was bored, yes, I'll be honest, I was really bored and lost in some details. But there are some spiritual lessons that bless my heart and hopefully yours. So let me run that quickly. First, ministry is not neat, clean, but often messy and dirty. Ministry is muddy and confusing sometimes. No matter how much you pour your effort, it often does not reflect your heart. If the great apostle Paul struggled we shouldn't be surprised in our struggling with those whom we minister and our slow progress in ministry. Second, Paul's apostleship or spiritual leadership is parents' heart. Paul defined his spiritual authority as the authority of parents. So verse 14 Paul said, I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possession, but you. But after all, children should not have to save up for parents, but the parents for their children. I hope my children don't read this passage, but too late. One just read, you know, children should save up for their parents. This, Paul is wrong. He's a single guy, so he doesn't know. But verse 15, Paul said, I will very gladly spend for you everything that I have and expend myself as well. Most people don't like to spend their precious money or our precious money on others. But when it comes to our children, we gladly spend not just money but ourselves. Most parents understand this parental confession of Paul. Nothing is spared by parents for their children. And that's what the heart of the shepherd is. And third and final, parents never give up on their children, even when they misbehave. Actually, especially those misbehaving ones, their heart goes out to. The last verse of today tells us Paul's love and fear at the same time. Look at the verse 21. I am afraid that when I come again, My God will humble me before you, and I'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. If we were Paul, at least if I were Paul, I would be tempted to say, forget you, hopeless Corinthians. I pour my heart for you more than any other churches in my ministry. I stay with you longer than other churches. I wrote more letters to you than any church. I work free of a charge. But you are still selfish and unrepentant? You are hopeless. I'm done with you. Good luck to you and your super apostles. Let's see how you will fare in the future. What a waste of my time was you. Paul never said this kind of thing. Paul never gave up on them. Even when they were unrepentant, and he was facing a very uncomfortable reunion with them, Paul never gave up on them. Why? Why? Because that's how God loves us and treats us. Remember, Luke chapter 15, our God is a forgiving father of the prodigal. Even before prodigal, as for this very... A a conditional forgiveness, Father, forgave us completely. As a forgiven prodigals, dear brothers and sisters, let us love others even when they misunderstand our goodwill, and even when they betray our best wishes. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father we confess that loving others is often hard and difficult. Even loving our own family members, especially in this pandemic, has been stretching us so thin. We confess that unless you fill our hearts with your love, we cannot love our own families and friends. And we thank you for this time of a reminder and prayer that we have your throne of grace we can pour out our heart to you, and you will hear us and answer our cries. As we empty our worries and concerns for our loved ones this morning, Heavenly Father, fill us with your hope and love. In the name of Christ, our Emmanuel Intercessor, we all pray. Amen.